Hello, and welcome to our next interview on The Entrepreneurial Clinician. I'm incredibly excited about this interview today. I'm your host, Joe Muirhead. I'm a rehabilitation counsellor, and I started thinking about The Entrepreneurial Clinician as I've grown in my development as a private practice owner and as I have continued to coach and mentor private practitioners all over the world. Today, we have an exceptional guest. Her name is Angela. Angela, <laughs> welcome to the, the podcast today. Angela is an occupational therapist, author, and keynote speaker. But to me, she is a champion of people. She really wants us as human beings to have a quality experience of life. Technically, Angela's career started as an occupational therapist at the University of Newcastle. However, that she explains that her life as a businesswoman started when she was seven with chocolate making and coat hanger design businesses. And what's really exciting about that is I started at seven making chocolates too. <laughs> Now, she realised during this time that she wasn't the best cook or very crafty, so she dedicated her youth to sport, which her chosen sport was hockey. Um, and as a child, she had her sights set on the Sydney Olympics and she was determined for this to happen. However, life had a completely different plan for her and after fracturing her skull during a game, her experiences of learning to talk again and rethink her approach to life, inspired her to change her path to occupational therapy, which has propelled her into a career that she feels that she is created for. Now, Angela says she is equally at ease working with children as she is standing in front of a packed audience delivering a keynote. The idea of working with children terrifies me. She expresses a desire to help children have the best start in life and has dedicated her adult life to being a paediatric occupational therapist and advising people on how to bring the energy and focus they need to all they do, despite what challenges are thrown at them. Now, Angela has then taken her passion, energy and experience. She has written two books. She is a speaker, a trainer, a facilitator and, like I said before, the champion of people. What excites me about having Angela on the show today is we met on the internet and I think that that is an incredible place for us to be able to meet these days. And to be honest, after I read her book, Switch Off, which I will include a link to, I knew I had found a kindred spirit. And your book, Angela, is one of the books I now make most of my coaching clients read. So I'd like to start with asking you, Angela, First and foremost, you're an OT, an occupational therapist. So how has occupational therapy provided you with this amazing platform that so many other people dream of? Joe, first of all, thank you so much. I, I'm actually exhausted listening to that <laughs> introduction. Um, yeah, I'm really honoured to be on here speaking to you because I love um, looking at the work that you do and you really are trying to uh, look after people who look after people. Yes. And, um, and and that is definitely a passion of mine and I love that it's almost like we hooked up on the internet and, and here we are again. Um, but I, what I love um, about OT and not just really um, OT specific but health professionals generally is that we um, really are very giving people usually. Mm -hmm. We see the good in other people and we want to help bring that out. So really the thing that um, helped me become an OT was um, I had a, a lived experience myself where I was I had a, quite a traumatic injury and I came across an OT and at the time I wanted to be a journalist and uh, I remember seeing this OT who would come and see me in hospital and I would go, that person is a remarkable human being. That's what I want to be. So it was actually my... Um, 
yeah, my own personal interaction with an OT that made me go, that's, that's the type of person I would love to be. Um, I don't know if I have become that person, but I've given it a fair good go, Jo. Um, and I, I really think that as an occupational therapist, it's not only just those, that heart-centered approach that we have, but we see beyond problem. So what we do is we, we see things that come up for people or issues that come up, but immediately we jump into a solution-focused way of looking at things, and I love that. Uh, I have a natural tendency as a, as a human to be able to go, yeah, there's problems, but surely there's ways that we can either work with this or look at things differently, and that's what I love about OT, um, that OTs do that just naturally. We look at, we become solution finders rather than looking at the negative Nice. I must, I'm not an OT. Many people think I am. I, one of my very first mentors in this world was an exceptional OT and she helped me learn to think like an OT. Um, so I'm probably an OT's biggest fan without actually being an OT. I just can't prescribe all that fancy equipment or make hand splints and things. Um, Don't worry, but, either can I. <laughs> <laughs> So how, how then being a solution focused and, and a problem solver, um, how has that helped you then transition into writing and to speaking and to speaking at corporate events or, or, or larger groups of people? How, how has that kind of launched you into that? Pretty much uh, as an OT, not only just being solution focused, but we look at a whole person. And I think most health professionals do nowadays, mm -hmm. that we look at a person in its entirety, but also in the environment that which they, they operate in. So it could be in a workplace, it could be in a family, it could be as a child in their school. So what we do is we, we look at a whole person and we realise that the body and the mind are really connected. So we've got the body, the mind, the spirit, all of those things. If something is out of whack, if something is out of alignment, then everything else becomes out of alignment. So uh, looking at that big picture, looking at things from a solution-focused way, um, I really believe that OT has provided me with those skills to be able to look at any issue, whether it be in a corporate environment, and take a step back from it all mm. and go, okay, I can see what's going on here. Now, where can my skill set most be effective in here? And I, I look and I don't jump straight into the problem. I jump straight in and go, what are the issues and how do we solve them? So um, I think, you know, it doesn't matter where we are in life. I think for health professionals, we have a unique way of looking at things. We have a really unique heart-centered approach, but it's very systematic and very problem-solving. And so that's where my fundamental learnings of an OT has really helped me in whatever environment that I've found myself in, whether it be you know, working one-on-one -on -one as a mentor with executives or speaking to people about how they can switch off or how they can make better decisions. It's really going, what value can I offer this situation and how can I bring out the best in the situation that I'm working in? Wow. Hopefully that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that you've, you've um, all you've done there is just helped us understand how our uniqueness as health professionals is actually such an advantageous skill set. And I think for many of us, we are so quick to criticise ourselves and so hard on ourselves because we're not all academics or we haven't got all the research or the evidence behind us or we might have got it wrong 1% of 1% of the time. And yet here you are going, if we just look at, what, what is the gap here? And let's fill that gap. And I, I, I find it rare these days to find health professionals who don't think like that. And that's what excites me about um, this work that I'm doing is that we've got this whole new way of thinking that's emerging out there, which is not stuck in a textbook. Oh, excellent. I, I do believe, um, you know, we need to look at the way, and I know when we look at business, it's all about value exchange. Mm -hmm. So if you're really clear on what your own values are, 
what value you can give somebody, then the exchange becomes a lot easier. But when we come into, um, you know, it might be a new client or it might be a new project that we're working on. When you're really clear around what your skill set is, you can bring your absolute best to what that project needs. And so for all people that are listening, be really clear and be really proud of what your skills are because they are unique skills. And we have a whole um, special skill set. I like to say it's a special source that we can bring to any project to really, really, um, how can I say it, Joe? I get so passionate I can't even articulate the words. Uh, we are health. Well, that was fun. Uh, in true form, we've just had an internet dropout here in Australia, but that's okay. That's all right. We can, you know, be thankful that we can even do this uh, via the internet. So neither um, Angelo or myself can remember where we're up to in the conversation. So we're just going to keep moving on because we're problem solvers and we're creative thinkers. So. <laughs> I love that the internet dropped out with the author of Switch Off. I must admit, I just sat here for a little while going, did you do that on purpose? Okay. So can you help define for us what you think an entrepreneurial clinician is or who uh, an entrepreneurial clinician is? I absolutely love that you even ask this question, Joe, because I think entrepreneurial clinician is really where we're moving forward, um, you know, we're moving into as, as an industry. Um, but I think entrepreneurism is so overused now that people have actually forgotten what it means. But my personal interpretation, because it is really open to interpretation, it are people who look for and create opportunities. So that's the definition according to me. I don't think it's in any dictionary. No. But if I was to say really an entrepreneur in essence is somebody who can take a step back and go, what opportunities are there in front of me or in front of this situation and how can I maximise that and how can I create better value? And we were sort of talking about that a little brief, bit briefly before, um, before we dropped out was it really is about being clear around what your value offering is. When you can do that and you you opportunities present themselves to you and you can decide whether or not you're going to be the best person for that gig or not. Uh, and that's really, I believe, what entrepreneurism really is. And being an entrepreneurial clinician yeah. is about going, where are opportunities laying for me, laying for us as an industry, but also laying for us as a, as a professional group of people. Mm. And this is really exciting times for clinicians and people, I think, should get really, really excited, not just for the potential for themselves, but for the industry, but also for the people we're working with. Absolutely. That's what I get excited about as well. You, you've pretty much read, <laughs> taken the definition of my book and you've put it straight into my words. So that excites me because it's like, it's not just me. Hurrah. <laughs> no, and I have to say, and I think people, when you ask that question about entrepreneurial clinician, people should look at it purely around growth, really around maximizing and growing, not being stagnant anymore, which I think in the past we've become a little bit stagnant and going down just the clinician route, but entrepreneurial clinician that's exciting times it is it, it, it just really presents is. us with so many possibilities it's awesome <laughs> so i think you may have already answered this question but let's bring it back to something nice and concise and concrete in the true ot way what opportunities do you think entrepreneurial thinking can offer health professionals in this day and age definitely looking outside of our industry uh, mm -hmm. it is a real really big opportunity now we have information at our fingertips so you know there's, we can we can look for anything we want at the click of a button and um, so it's not the the 
lack of information that's a problem. It's actually about how do we translate the information that's available to us. And I watch a lot of clinicians who are becoming really savvy in this entrepreneurial space, and they're putting their own spin in a modern time on age-old information. So the information's been around forever, but what they're doing is they're going, how can we make this information current And so that people are excited by the information. And I really believe that that's something where um, we can only bring ourselves into that. We can't copy off other people. Mm -hmm. Um, We can only bring our own energy and our own own professionalism into it. So I think that's a really big opportunity for us at the moment um, is to be able to translate the information into really practical ways, but also looking outside of our industry into business realms and how all these other people are doing it. Um, What we can do is we can go, how are people doing it differently in other industries? And it's not stealing ideas. It's just trying to learn from other industries who have either messed up themselves, have made the mistakes. How can we not make the mistakes and just learn from them? And I think that's some really great things where we're not insular anymore. We shouldn't be insular as health professionals. We need to look far afield and go, how can we bring the best of what everyone else is doing? Again, to try to create new opportunities in health. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And one of the things that came to mind as you were thinking there is there's often discussion about breaking down the stigma of mental health. And I'm like, we probably shouldn't be asking health professionals how to do that. We probably need to be asking non-health professionals how to do that because we tend to stigmatise just in our therapeutic use of language. So, yeah, that was just an idea that came up there. So, if you go, someone out there listening to this can go change that for us. That would be <laughs> Jot that one down and let us know how it goes. <laughs> That's right. So, what, what then becomes some of the biggest challenges for clinicians and health professionals on this new journey, on this journey of entrepreneurism? One of the biggest things that I've been seeing over the last sort of uh, 15, 16 months, I've been working um, on building a, quite a big project with an organisation around the NDIS. And I think um, what we are, what I'm starting to notice definitely is I've you know, been in, in, in private practice my whole career really, except for the last um, you know, sort of 15 months, I look and I go, I've actually been working for somebody. <laughs> and what, that, uh, <laughs> what that's real, um, making me realise is we're become, there's quite a saturated market that's coming yeah. through health that we're like we've never seen before. So people are having to get really business savvy who in the past really could just get by on their clinical expertise. But now what they're having to do is become quite privatized and we have to become really good at marketing and really good at um, understanding selling Mm -hmm. and um, the psychology behind selling and tapping into those people who are outside of our industry that can help us to grow business and even scale a business. Because it's one of those, um, I think, a saturated market. We've got a lot of people coming into the into the industry who maybe don't have the skills around business. So what they're doing is they're trying to make things up as they go. And I know, Joe, for you, you you would see this all the time. Um, I, you know, for years, my my job was really helping health professionals to become clear in business. Mm. And what I'm noticing is those that jumped on board, you know, five six years ago, at now are just um, you know sailing. They're flying with their business, but those that didn't think that it was going to be a priority are now starting to go, whoops, what have I done? I've got to play catch up now. Um, So that is one of the biggest challenges is health professionals realizing the importance of being profitable. Nice. Yeah. Really the importance of being profitable and the importance of doing business really well and being okay with it, that you can have a heart led business that makes money. 
Absolutely. And please, anybody listening to this now, it, you are okay if you want to make money from a health business. That, that's actually sensible and it's wise. So um, yeah, no, no feelings of guilt or shame around that at all. If so, I can just say one yeah. more really quickly, I think the other big challenge, Joe, is um, health professionals thinking they need to do it all on their own. <laughs> I know I'm preaching the converted here and you Joe, but um, you know, we don't have to do everything. We can't be the fountain of all knowledge on everything. So again, I go back to one of the things I said really at the beginning, be really clear on what your unique value offering is as a clinician, as a human being, uh, you know, what is, what is the thing that you're, you can bring to the world and do that for everything else. There's other people who have got amazing skill sets in the areas that you don't. So tap into them and then everyone gets to work together. And dare I say it, the world will be a better place. Absolutely. People, won't be people won't be running around and we'll be providing, you know, a really, really great, innovative entrepreneurial practice. And our clients will actually be healing and recovering because they're getting the treatment from the people who are best positioned to, to serve them. And that's what I keep coming back to. Don't, don't for a minute stay around doing work that, that doesn't light you up. Have a plan to get you into the work that lights you up. This work is hard. Help, being a health professional is how we see people at their most vulnerable. We get to see parts of humanity that lots of other people don't get to experience. It, there's no need to make it harder for ourselves. So I know that I'm not a good fit for pediatrics. I just know that. I'm also, <laughs> I just not, I'm not good for people who with substance abuse either, which is hilarious given that I'm a rehabilitation counsellor. But it, I'm just not the right person to do that. But I've got people on my team who are. So that's, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, you've been doing this for a while, so I'd love to hear this piece of advice. What is the number one thing you would encourage any health professional to be successful in their clinical career? And would this be different to the number one thing a entrepreneurial clinician needs to be to be successful as an entrepreneurial clinician? That's a very loaded question. No, no, I, I get it. And I feel like I sort of, if I can, I know you're asking for one and that's really hard. <laughs> I'm going to sort of do a hyphenated one if that's okay. okay. Um, and I have said it a couple of times throughout us talking. And the first one is always remember what your value is. And I've said this quite a few times, be really clear on what your value offering is. And that doesn't just mean um, monetary value it actually goes right back to what is the thing you just said it then yourself joe what is the thing that really lights you up you know there is nothing for me that lights me up better than working with children i love adults of course i love the work i do in that space but if i was to get you in a room and really tap into my passion area it's really making sure that kids have the best start in life mm. And that's the thing that gets me excited. So if you can find the thing that gets you really excited, it doesn't have to be your life's purpose. Don't make it big. You don't have to you know, go, this is what I was put on the earth for. Just what is the thing that excites you right here, right now, that you can give your very best energy to? That's what I would say my number one would be. The number two slash hyphenated slash, if I could do it, is again something I've touched on is around get, get good at business. And I mean this, just understand it. Don't put it in the too hard basket because if you're not, then what everyone's going to be doing is only getting what you have left. And I, I, we need to flip it around and go, people need the very best of you and they need to really, um, you know, get, get every, all that great stuff from you, not the stuff that's left when you're, you know, running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Mm. You know, be get good at business. You don't have to know all of it inside and out, but what you do have to do is have a good understanding of it. 
okay, and then tap into those people who are great at it. You know, I have an accountant. I don't want to know anything about accountancy. Hello. But what I do need to know is how to read the numbers. Yes. Yes. Without the numbers and without that great um, business, I can't give the best to my clients because I've got no money to go to training, you know, to get my professional development skills happening, to be able to tap into great people who can support me to build my business. So they're basically, if I can nut that down to be really clear on your value offering and get good in business. I love it. And I love what you said as probably almost as a throwaway comment was if, if, if we don't get good at business, people are just getting essentially our leftovers because we're using all of our time, energy and resources on not being good at business. And we think we're doing that because we want to be an in, have a, a, a clinician that's you know somebody with integrity and good clinical skills, but all we're doing is spreading ourselves too thin and not actually being wise and sensible with the resources that we need to be able to go forward with our business. So yeah, I think it's funny. Health allied health professionals, I think, are a little bit worse in this space. Yeah. No, I'm making a very generalized comment, but doctors are pretty good at it. They're pretty good at being good at business, you know, they're, they're, um, or they're good, they're good at setting up systems around them to make them good at business. You know, there is never, you know, if you want something from a, a doctor, they will charge you for it. Uh, you know, it's not always like, oh, I just want to do it because I feel for the family or I feel for them. Yeah, of course you feel for them. But what you also need to do is value your time. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think those two things, Joe. If I, if I can be really clear, it's being clear on your own value and becoming good in business. And when those two come together, when you can bring your best, the thing that really lights you up with being good at the systems and everything, when those two come together, man, you've got a brilliant practice that'll take you not just in one or two years, but you'll be doing it for the next 20 and you'll be loving it. Absolutely. Oh, what great wisdom there. This has been such a great interview. Thank you so much. I, I love how you started off today, you talked about being a remarkable human being, that your, the OT that was working with you when you'd gone through your head injury, um, you described her as being a remarkable human being and that, that ignited a passion in you. And I'm wondering how many of us listening to this today want to be known as that remarkable human being. I'm putting my hand up. I, I would love to know that that's how my clients talk to me. You, you've again reinforced the need to think about the whole person. And as allied health professionals, we can't just be thinking about the shoulder, the upper limb, the back, the workplace. It's, it's where does this person fit as a whole person inside their context, which I know is a very OT way of thinking about everything. Um, the importance of knowing your value and that you're exchanging value. And it's not about knowing your worth in terms of monetary value, but your time, your energy, the amount of time and effort you've spent learning about a particular thing, how you actually bring that to the table and make that accessible. Maybe it's the way you deliver that, your value. So for me, I know my value is I am help, awesome at helping people transform their thinking because I ask really difficult questions. <laughs> and what an amazing skill to have. Like yeah. That that really can transform people's lives. And uh, yeah, and it's very, not many people like to ask those difficult questions. So for people listening, if you need that person, <laughs> the person to ask them. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So how, how do people get in touch with you? How would you like people to get to learn more about you? Where do we, where do we go to do that? My goodness, there's probably way too many ways. Uh, but the, the easiest way where everything's like my brain hub is, the, is my website at angelalockwood.com.au. I am terrible on Facebook 
Um, so don't people get excited about connecting with me on Facebook. Um, I do uh, have an Instagram account as well, which is Angela Lockwood underscore or something or other like that. You will find me. Um, I just love that because I can get lost in people's mm. worlds through Instagram. Um, but definitely my website is the place. Um, I have my blogs there. You can sign up to the newsletter. It's like my little central hub. Um, everything's on there. But if anyone has, you know, any ideas, I'm so passionate about health professionals and I love watching people's stories unfold around um, and particularly just people who are wanting to do things differently. You challenge each other but support each other in the same sense and I, I love watching this so thank you for providing a platform joe for people to be able to share not only their stories but be challenged it's really needed thank you very much well that's the end of this interview for today and i look forward to talking to you again angela let's stay in touch thanks joe <laughs> Hello, it's Joe here. Thanks for listening to this interview today. I trust you're enjoying them. I trust you're learning from these interviews. It was such a privilege for me to be able to conduct them. And I have learnt so much um, as I've prepared for creating the book, The Entrepreneurial Clinician. If you're looking for more information or how to purchase a copy of the book, The Entrepreneurial Clinician, head on over to joemuirhead.com forward slash book.